Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I am your host, Sean Holland. On this episode, we have Jared Willis from CHGO. And, well, I haven't had a lot of episodes because, well, frankly, not much has been going on with the Cubs. But we did have the trade deadline and a couple trades that did not go down that shocked everyone including me. I really thought Wilson Contreras was traded and he wasn't. So I talked to Jared a bit about why that was and everything else. It's not a very long chat, but there's some good insights in it. And yeah, um, couple other notes. Um, if you want to rate and review my podcast, that would really help me. I like to know how many people are out there listening. Um, you can follow Jared at J Willis, J W Y L L Y S, on Twitter. You can follow me at STH85. And yeah, let's get to the fun little chat with Jared. All right. Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. Nice to have you on, Jared. So, uh, we will cut right to the chase, and this is our first um, episode since the trade deadline, and I guess we'll just get to the thing that everybody asked at the time. Why weren't Contreras and Half moved on when everyone thought they would be? Yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely the big surprise of the trade deadline, not just for Cubs fans, but I think around the league. Um, and it's a slightly different story with both guys. Um, Ian Happ, it's a little simpler. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that the Cubs still have that year of control in 2023 on his contract. And so they viewed, um, I think he's more, it's easy for them to look at like maybe an offseason trade or at next year's deadline, depending on how the 2023 season turns out. Um, I think had they gotten a nice offer for him, uh, he would have been dealt. A lot of that might have come down to, you know, that package they seem to be working out with the Padres um, that involved both guys. I think he would have gone had that happened. Um, but Juan Soto going to San Diego really kind of threw a wrench in the mix. Um, and in Contreras' case, I think it's, it's similar um, just in that I really believe that based on everything I've seen, heard, and read is that Contreras, they were, they were looking at a package deal to send him to the Padres. Uh, but when San Diego was able to land Juan Soto, that kind of left Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins scrambling to figure out, you know, what do, can we find somebody else? You know, they've been talking to other teams, but it was, they were definitely in deepest, um, with with San Diego so when that didn't work out um, there wasn't a lot of time for them to work work out a new deal with a different team I think there's another factor with Contreras too that just has to do with the the reality that as a catcher defensively he's not quite what he used to be Um, 
you know, framing wise, game calling wise, he's, you know, some, he's not the same guy that he used to be. I mean, he's not bad, but the defensive quality is not there. Yeah. Around the league, there is a lot of chatter that he wasn't a good catcher. So kind of bad reputation type of thing. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's particularly maybe his game calling ability. Um, so the thought of bringing him in to learn a whole new staff, especially a staff that's like trying to compete for a division, um, a lot of teams just didn't want, you know, the risk, the potential risk there. And then otherwise, if you're bringing him in just to be a bat as a, as a DH, um, you know, he's a good hitter, but is he good enough to like just be there to, to be a part of your lineup? Not necessarily. So, um, I think it just those things all factored together into the Cubs just didn't quite get the offers that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, then, you know, we have the rest of the season, which, of course, is academic at this point. They're not going to make the postseason or anything, but we've got a lot of young players, some of them showing out in the big league level. And, you know, Nico Horner. Christopher Morrell, but what do you think, who would you say is the best, not best, biggest surprise? Like who do you, uh, these young guys, tools, the biggest surprise? Well, I think, I mean, you mentioned him already, but Christopher Morrell is, is definitely really high on that list because, you know, he wasn't like a super highly touted prospect before this season, and when he got called up in May, most of us, you know, the reaction was like, oh, well, okay, this guy's coming up. Um, but he showed off, you know, offensively. He's clearly got talent. He's definitely, you know, the league has adjusted to him here lately, and he's showing a little bit of those struggles, and he's got to adjust back. Um, defensively, showing a lot of flexibility, which is, you know, is something that's been an asset for the Cubs in years past with other players. Um, so him for sure. The other, honestly, the other two though are, you know, think about where we are with Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele now, compared to where we were last August. Um, they both emerged as clear, you know, starting pitchers, not necessarily front of the rotation guys yet, but solid three, four um, arms that can really, you know, help fill out a rotation. That if Kyle Hendricks is able to come back and be healthy, you know, I'm looking more ahead to next year. Um, you know, Hendricks, depending on what goes on with Stroman, they can end up with a rotation that's that's got four arms or so that are pretty talented. Yes. And maybe you can add a free agent pitcher to really solidify it. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, there I mean, we've I know we've we've all seen the same stuff in the last couple of days about the Ricketts family making or Tom Ricketts, I guess, specifically making some comments about, Hey, we're, we're just as disappointed in the product and the field. We're going to be active. And we've all, we've heard these kinds of things before. And I think most Cubs fans reaction is like, well, okay, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, But if you take the guy at his word, then yeah, I think it's reasonable to think that they'll be in the market for top tier starting pitching. Well, you certainly can't say they don't have um, money now. Because the payroll has been massively slashed. Yeah, I mean, I think they're 
I haven't looked in a while, but I think they're half of, you know, where that luxury tax threshold sits, that first tier of it. They're like, you know, 50% of that number. So they have more than enough room to, to add. They are going to money's coming off the books in the near future. Jason Hayward's last year of his contract is next season. I don't know. I don't quite know what's going to happen with him. I know what they said. He's not going to play anymore, but he is still, you know, he's still got a contract. So it's not like you can decide to stop paying the guy. (laughs) Right. So, but even after next year, there's, that's a huge contract that's coming off the books. So yeah, they've, they've got plenty of money to spend. All right. So I'll ask you a couple more little things about, because, you know, there's not a lot to talk about for this year. So it's kind of, it's hard to, you know, I know you um, have to be on week daily podcasts and it's been hard to um, find material. Like there's just not with the team in the current state it's in. Yeah. I mean, cause kind of like you, you just said there, we're again in a spot where it feels like you're just sort of watching for what's the future of this team going to look like? How, how are they going to come together for next year? Um, is it realistic to think that they can be competitive next year? Um, yeah, everything is very like future focused right now. And I'm of the mind and I, I don't know if I'm in a minority or not, but I'm of the mind that they're not as far away from being competitive as as we sometimes think that they are, or, you know, maybe that's just, I have like the uh, optimistic view, but I think, well, I mean, um, it's not like they're in a tough division. The division is not good. Yeah. And that's, that's some of the advantages that you're, you're exactly right. That's not a strong division. So to be competitive, at least in the division next year is very much doable. Um, So I'll be curious to see what happens with Milwaukee this off season, um, you know, and the Cardinals are always the Cardinals, but um, yeah, there, it's definitely an easy division to be competitive. And it's kind of two things. Cause it's yes, maybe they can compete in the division, but can they compete in the national league in general when you have teams like the Dodgers, now the Padres who have gotten a lot better, the Mets are looking good, um, especially with DeGrom back on the mound now. So you know, yeah, can you can you handle the National League? But I, on that front, I'm really very much of the opinion of you worked, kind of like Theo Epstein said several years ago, you build your team so that you can just keep getting back into the postseason. Because um, the more chances you give yourself, the better off you're going to be. So right. just get get in and then get those play, play your Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I mean... I don't really have like many topics to get to. I will, you know what? This will be a good time for you to plug um, CHGO. Not that everyone hasn't already heard of it, but for those who haven't. Yeah. Um, so anybody who hasn't checked it out yet, you got to come check out CHGO. Uh, we're, you know, we, we started in March, but we're not brand, brand new because um, the, the company as a whole started in Denver and then expanded to Phoenix and now we're in Chicago. Um, and there's, what I love about it is there's a variety of types of content that you can access. If you're, you know, if you're, you like to read articles, there's articles. Um, I write, you know, some, some number of those, uh, but if you're into podcasts, there's, 
you know, Sean, like you said, there's daily shows uh, for all of the teams and it's not just the Cubs. So if you want to join so that you can keep up with what's going on with the Cubs, you can do that. But you also have the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks. They've also done a really great job with, you know, this coverage of the Chicago Sky, the Fire, um, the Red Stars. I mean, so there's truly every team in the city is represented. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't already uh, seen that, you check it out. And yeah, I wish we had more to talk about, but um, it's kind it's of a, tough these days. <laughs> but it's always good. It, to have it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, we'll have better stuff to talk about next year, hopefully. I'll have you back on and we'll have some exciting on the field things to talk about. Yeah, I hope so. Cause like I said, I, I tend to be optimistic about what they're going to do in the off season and how I, I, a competitive team in 2023, I don't think is out of the picture. So yeah. I've got, you know, I've got positive feelings about next year. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And thanks for having me. Of course. The podcast is available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. And if you could rate and review on any of those, it would be great. Um, You know, five-star reviews, anything like that. Do you want to comment? You can. Um, You can email, of course, at holycowpod at gmail and we will have one more episode before the season's over if i could get a couple guests i'm trying to get maybe we'll have two but there isn't much good news with the cubs right now on the field so i don't know if we'll do another multiple episodes but i will be back this season and go cubs